Hey friends, great to see you today. Welcome to Lunchtime Live. Uh, this is My name is Eileen Campbell-Reed and this is another episode of 3-Minute Ministry Mentor coming to you live on Friday. Uh, that's what we're doing here in season four. Many of the weeks we'll be coming to you with a live conversation. This week, it's just me. I'm going to talk with you today about um, what you're giving yourself permission to read. Uh, I know that during this uh, season of pandemic, we've all sort of been busy and trying to just keep things afloat and survive, but we need to give ourselves permission to do some things that nourish us. And so today we're going to talk about reading. We're going to talk about reading in terms of uh, this being uh, Black History Month. And we're also going to give away a book from Catherine McNeil, which we featured last week and promised a giveaway. So hang in here with me for a little while and we will give away a book today. Um, I want to begin by um, talking a little bit about uh what reading is for me and why I have to give myself permission to read as a nourishing kind of activity. And that's because uh, like many of you, if you're a minister, a teacher, a professor, um, a researcher, a lot of your life goes to reading. A lot of your work life goes to reading. So finding a way to give yourself permission um, to read is really, uh, it takes a little extra intention. So I'm going to tell you about that. Uh, before we do any of that about reading or Black History Month or giving away a book, we should talk about lunch because it is lunchtime live. So um, what am I having for lunch today? Well, I'm not exactly sure, but I, I have already had a little pre-lunch um, cookie. <laughs> Why have I had a cookie? Well, because they're really hard to resist when they're warm. And um, I... I ordered cookies for Valentine's Day and there was a mix up with the cookie order and it didn't come, which wah, wah, wah was a big disappointment. I'd order the cookies for my family to be delivered on Valentine's Day. And me, I was like so excited because I ordered early, like two weeks in advance, which is huge for me. Um, and then the day went by and the cookies never came. <laughs> It was sad, uh, but here's the thing. I reached out, found the email, figured out what had happened. It had mispopulated part of the address. And I don't know, they said they delivered the cookies, but I don't know who got them. So uh, the great thing was that they came back and said, we're going to do the right thing customer service wise. We're going to send you the order whenever you want it. And uh, we're going to give you extra cookie cash to spend later. So I, um, I was happy about that and I agreed to have the cookies sent today so my daughter and her friends can enjoy them uh, tonight when they're here for a sleepover. And the cookies came and they were warm. And so I've had one cookie. <laughs> That's been my lunch so far today, but I'll have something healthier. I'll have some salad uh, probably in a little while and something else uh, green for my day. What are you having for lunch? I'd love to know. Please do tell me. Um, so now I want to turn to uh, another way we take care of ourselves besides a good lunch, and um, and that is to feed ourselves with uh, good reading. Um, I, uh, like I said, read a lot and do read a lot as a person who's a teacher and minister and a professor, and I'm always preparing something and reading something. And for you, for Three Minute Ministry Mentor Watchers, I'm always preparing something, but I've learned that I also need to read just for pleasure. 
and just for fun and that that nourishes my soul. And I really discovered that while I was a seminary student and I went by a book sale uh, on the tables out in the hallway of my seminary one afternoon and they had all these, you know, great theological books and biblical studies books and whatever, but they also had some fiction. And I picked up uh, a book uh, and I read The Endless Ring of Light and I remembered, oh my goodness, uh, I love to read just for fun, just for pleasure. And it was something that I adopted as a practice for my own uh, well-being, my self-care uh, long ago. While I was a graduate student, that practice kind of went out the window. And so I had to regain, recover that later uh, after I'd been working in my first job for a while. And now I'm, I'm reading uh, again, uh, have been for some years now, um, about every about every night for about 15 minutes or so. And it takes me a long time uh, to finish a novel that way. A couple of favorites that I have read recently are uh, The Overstory, a uh, tremendous, uh, beautiful Pulitzer Prize winning book. Uh, and I also um, have enjoyed books by Celeste Ng, uh, Little Fires Everywhere is a great one. And um, just beautiful writing, uh, lovely um, prose and, and, and uh, powerful stories. That's the kind of reading I want to do at night. Just keeps me hooked in a story. Uh, and then I drift off into, into sleep, having filled myself, my mind with another story. So uh, let's talk about some things we might be reading this month in particular, or that I want to recommend to you that you pick up and read for Black History Month. Um, there are some new books out, and I especially want to share those uh, with you today. Um, the first I want to share with you is uh, by Dr. Candace Marie Benbow, who has released a new book called Red Lip Theology. Uh, for church girls who've considered tithing to the beauty supply store when Sunday morning isn't enough. And to get you excited about this book, I think just the cover and the title are enough to get you excited about this book. Uh, but if they're not enough, I want to read to you from Melissa Harris Perry, who wrote the foreword to this book. She says, Black girls deserve a magnificent, loving, imminent, and chill God. We need a God who loves our minds when we make the dean's list and when we peace out on the PhD. We need a God who loves our hearts even when they are broken as a result of our foreseeably foolish choices. We know God will not shield us from agony when we lose our mama and will not always guard us from the evil of a sexual assault. But we need a God big enough to send our BFFs to our grieving chamber, to gently lure us to the makeup counter, and to give us and to help us choose a red lipstick so that we can see ourselves again. This is a really uh, powerful book. Uh, I've just gotten into the first uh, couple of chapters of. Benbow's book, and I just uh, adore her prose. It's so, so easy to just fall into the story with her and stay right with her. And yet she's saying some really important and very powerful things about what it is to be Black and female in America these days and, and what, it, what, what our religion uh, does 
in the way of harm, uh, as well as how we find redemption. So I think you will love picking up that book and seeing what it is all about. The next uh, one I want to recommend to you is by Dr. Reverend Dr. Angela Parker. Uh, Angela Parker is a professor at uh, McAfee School of Theology in New Testament, and she's written a book called If God Still Breathes, Why Can't I? Black Lives Matter and Biblical Authority. And I want to read just a little excerpt about what she tells us her book is about. Hear these words from, uh, from Dr. Parker. This book is my attempt to breathe in deeply the God-breathed biblical texts without doctrines of inerrancy and infallibility choking my breath. In essence, if God still breathes, why can't I? Allows me to hold the idea of scripture as authoritative while interrogating the doctor doctrines of inerrancy and infallibility as, get this friends, tools of white supremacist thought that promote the erasure of communal memory. Dr. Parker goes on, she says, this book is written from the perspective of a womanist Christian who has questioned what her relationship to the biblical text is in an age of Black Lives Matter and the white supremacist authoritarianism that pervades American society. In the time since Donald Trump became president of the United States, in this work, says Dr. Parker, I do two things. First, I unapologetically interact with the Black Lives Matter movement in a way to synthesize reading of the biblical text with women and men who suffer consistently from police violence in the United States. And second, she says, I bring my own embodied identity as a womanist scholar who teaches and preaches the gospel message of Jesus as the Christ, while recognizing that sometimes the God-breathed authority of Scripture gets lost within the confines of white supremacist authoritarianism. Powerful stuff, friends, and we are so excited that in just a couple of weeks, uh, Dr. Parker's going to be with me for a conversation on a Friday Lunchtime Live. You need to mark your calendars and join us to hear her at that time. I have one more book and then a series. Uh, the next book I want to share with you is by my friend and research partner in the Learning Pastoral Imagination uh, Project. Reverend Dr. Chris Sharon has a new book out and his new book is uh, called Someone Has to Care, The Roots and Hip Hop's Prophetic Calling. His book uh, is uh, an, an exploration of the roots of hip hop. These are his words. Uh, he said, he says the roots of hip hop, as in the roots, uh, that's a group that <laughs> you can't see it in the right. So I'm telling you, it's the group, which are known as the roots, a story of one of the most enduring, multi-talented and successful groups of the past 30 years in any genre. Yet in order to properly tell their story, says Chris Sharon, I need to also engage the roots of hip hop. That is the story of hip hop, a musical culture born in New York City's uh, South Bronx during the 1970s. Uh, while many different kinds of readers might enjoy taking this journey, says Chris Sharon, I have in mind, first of all, people who really don't know either of these stories. So he says, if that's you, friends, come along. Uh, not only is he doing uh, a, a, a fantastic job of telling the story of the history of hip hop 
and the story of the roots, the group, the roots. <laughs> He's also, in his words, directly addressing the issue of race and hip hop in particular ways. Uh, and that is, is the way that ha the thing that happens when white people like Chris Sharon uh, engage in hip hop, engage in the study of hip hop. Uh, he says this inevitably means facing the race question, because as Thompson, who we also know, many of us would know as the artist Questlove, uh, has once put it, hip hop is a form of upstart black folk music. Hip hop was born in these struggling neighborhoods of New York City, and many of its leading artists have engaged with the history and current realities of African-Americans. So he is doing uh, a kind of Chris Sharon is doing a kind of practical theology of understanding prophetic call through the lens of hip hop music, the particular group, the roots and his own uh, and others engagement as white folks who are the primary audience, uh, who are the biggest group of listeners to hip hop music. So uh, this is a really an opportunity for those of us who want to read this book to think critically about what it means when we consume uh, black music. It also helps us think about how there's a prophetic call built into the work that they do and how we ourselves uh, have a prophetic call we need to tune into as well. So I think you will enjoy uh, this book by Chris Sharon. Uh, finally, I want to offer you uh, a reminder and an invitation to take in uh, The Black Church, which is a video series uh, on PBS, public television. And the series is uh, hosted and produced in part by Henry Louis Gates, Jr. And it explores the roots of African-American religion, beginning with the slave trade in the transatlantic, and then uh, coming forward uh, as in the ways that enslaved Africans preserved and adapted their faith practices uh, from the brutality of slavery to emancipation. I want to say I especially enjoy, you see a picture there of uh, Bishop Vashti McKenzie. I really uh, love the portions of the story in the series about uh, Black women coming to hear and embrace their call to ministry. Uh, ministers from long ago like Jarena Lee and more recently like Bishop Vashti McKenzie. So I hope you will, this, this is only uh, available until the end of this month. But if you go to PBS, you can take in, there's two parts. Uh, each each uh, part is about two hours. And I think you will really love this series on the Black Church. A lot of it is also about music. So there are things to read. I want to give you, uh, add my permission to your own permission, which you don't really need me to do, but I'm encouraging you to take in and read some new things, particularly around um, Black History Month. It's a great time to expand your horizons and read some new stuff. So that's, that's the new titles I've shared with you today. And to, if you don't have time to read, turn on maybe the, the uh, episodes of the Black Church on PBS between now and the end of this month. And now it is time to uh, do our giveaway. So we are giving away today, as promised last week, Catherine McNeil's book, Fearing Bravely. Uh, and we are also giving away a five uh, set, a set of five pandemic permission slip cards and a pastoral imagination 
journal. So I happen to have the journal right here. I'm going to be getting this beautiful book. And uh, I'm also giving away uh, Catherine's book, which is so excited to give away both of these and some pandemic permission slip cards. We've done a drawing just as we were going onto the air live. And so we're going to make um, our announcement now about that, uh, the winner. And so here's the book giveaway and the winner's name is Suzanne Poulin. Suzanne, congratulations. You've won a book, a journal, and some cards. We're really uh, thrilled to be sending those to you. We will be in touch by email and we'll get these wonderful gifts into your hands. Uh, friends, it's great to visit with you for a little while today at lunchtime. Uh, throughout 2022, we're going to be doing lunchtime live events and uh, we want to be sure that every time we're reminding you to give yourself permission to do the small things that will nourish your soul so you have the energy and the life to do the big things that you are called to do, whether that's teach or parent or pastor or just live into the fullness of who you are. We, we encourage you to do the things that care for your soul so that you can uh, live into that calling. Uh, we want to leave you with, as always, a question. And uh, here is our question for the week. What will I give myself permission to read this week? And maybe you could even shorten it to this weekend. What will you be reading uh, this weekend? We hope it's something really good. Uh, and we hope that you'll join us again uh, next week um, where we'll be doing some more sharing of awesome resources to support your practice of ministry. Goodbye, friends. Have a great weekend.